this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me, just get a hold of me. Now we are offering memberships on the website. So go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com and hit the join button to join and become a member today. You get extra shows every week. You get access to live shows with live call-in numbers, forums, chat rooms, Lots of fun. So if you're interested, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com and join today. Now, this week we have Kevin coming on the show, and Kevin is going to share some of the miraculous things that he's experienced, but also more paranormal type things. We are all over the place with Kevin, so let's get to it right after the trailer for this coming week's member episode. Dreams started happening. I started having really vivid dreams of things. <sighs> Sorry. And all of that, it was starting to get me, get to me. And I think this thing or demon or I don't know what it was, just totally like latched on to me after that. And... Yeah, I, I lost a lot. Of, I lost a lot of sleep over this. You know, I, I couldn't even, couldn't sleep a wink. And I had this girl over that I was talking to, and she was over the house. We we're in my room watching movies, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go get some drink. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'll be right back." And she said, "Okay." She's sitting on my bed, and the door was open to my room. And she was on her phone. And she said in her peripherals, she saw a little girl. She saw the whole makeup, the short. She, she said she had to have been like four foot something, you know. She could see the long black hair. And she thought it was one of my little sisters. So she said, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm Bruno's friend, you know, how are you? And she said she looked up and there was nobody there. She didn't think of anything strange. She just figured she scared her and she ran back upstairs. So I come downstairs and and she said, hey, I, I met one of your little sisters, I think. And I was like, you did? She was like, yeah. She was like, she was just down here. She was like, well, one of them was. And I was like, no, they're at my grandparents' house. And she kind of just like looked at me and she got really scared. And she was like, no, I saw a little girl 
in the basement down here. She was standing in your doorway. I was like, um, no. So I told, started telling her everything that's been happening to me, and she never came over after that. She just... Okay, today we have Kevin coming on the show, and Kevin has some paranormal experiences, uh, miracle experiences, uh, and it's just going to be a fun time talking with Kevin about some of the things that he's experienced and what his mom has experienced. But uh, Kevin, how you doing, man? Not too bad, Jim. Not too bad. I'm good, man. I'm good. So uh, we just got chatting here a little bit and stuff, and you share with me some of the things that uh, you wanted to talk about tonight, including uh, what you experienced that you said was a miracle. And I listened to you share that story to me, and it does sound like a miracle to me. So I'm excited to get you going on that. But before we get into that stuff, I want to get you going on some of these shadow figures that you had seen. I believe it was when you were a kid growing up. I think you said the first time was when uh, you were sitting in the kitchen. So what happened there? So basically what happened was um, from where the, basically my dad wasn't there that day at, at home. And you, he usually sits at the top, like basically at, at the head of the, of the table in the kitchen. Right. And then from where the kitchen is in my old apartment was that there was two openings to walk into. There was no doors or anything. It was just like walk right in from the hallway, you know, um, usual apartment uh, type of, of kitchen uh, where it's just covered by like a small wall and had two openings to go in and out. And then, from where my dad would usually sit, where I was sitting that day, um, it was just literally me, my mom, and my little brother. So she's she's sitting beside me and my little brother sitting across from me. And I was probably maybe, I'd say, uh, probably six, a bit more than that. So around maybe like probably 10. I, was, I wasn't too, too young, but uh, still old enough to remember what I saw. Um, so this was probably like in the afternoon, you know, during the summertime. So there was no school. So, um, just literally eating, you know, lunch. And then all of a sudden I just look up and then from where the kitchen is, um, to the second opening of the kitchen, you can literally see the opening of my parents' room and what they had stuck on that side of the wall near the door was, um, a treadmill. So what I literally saw was this black shadow figure, whatever you want to call it. Um, like, I mean, fully black, like there was no, it wasn't like a chromey car looker and like full on black. Like there was like light could not pass through it. Just like no eyes, no nothing. It was if someone was wearing a full black jumpsuit. But like I said, there was nobody in the house, right? So it literally looked like like something that was shadowy, but it wasn't see through. It was fully black. So basically, it appeared out of nowhere. And I'm just looking at it. And I wasn't scared of anything. You know, you'd expect kids to be scared of this, but um, I just kept looking at it. And then as it turned around from the door, it looked at me and then looked back into my parents' room. And then it just literally strolled from my parents' room into my room that I, that you can't see other until you pop your head through the hallway. And it just disappeared. I got up, I looked, there was nothing there. I didn't mention anything to my mom because, you know, she'd probably call me crazy for something like that. So I just kept it to myself. And then that was the first time that happened. Um, like I said, there was, was nothing too scary. Like, uh, like I said, there was no face, there was no nose, there was no eyes. It was just like a completely black, black figure. Um, and then the second time that happened was, um, I was sitting and watching TV. Um, nobody, I'm pretty sure nobody was home that night. Uh, this was probably like a year or two later. Um, just babysitting, babysitting my little brother that was asleep. Uh, I'm not sure if I explained to you in, in the email how I was living on the second, our apartment was on the second floor. Um, so we had like this alleyway behind us that had like one light, like one amber light that would light it up like a, like a normal street light. Um, so I'm just literally watching TV and I'm sitting on that beloved chair, if you want to call it that one single chair you can sit on watching TV. And next thing you know, just something told me to turn right and just look down the hallway where at the end of the hallway was my, my room, but the door was open and then I had a window in my room facing towards the alley. Um, basically what happened was I just turned around and next thing you know, I see the side profile of a face just walk from one end of the window to the other end of the window. Um, cause you can see basically like 90% of the window just sitting from the hallway if the door was open. Um, but like I said, I never really thought anything about it until I started listening to your show and, you know, got into more into the like supernatural paranormal stuff and the shadow figures. And then 
we ended up moving from that apartment a few years ago. And then my little brother's friend still lived in that neighborhood. So I was dropping him off there one time. I'm like, let me pass by and check that old alley to see how high was it. Maybe, you know, maybe I thought like it was a person passing by at night. You know, maybe I just saw his reflection. Then I realized that you'd have to be at least, at least 12 feet tall for your reflection to up, to show up on that window. Um, because the amber light was above you. And like I said, it was a second floor apartment. So there was really no way of anybody that was crossing, you know, walking down that alley of basically showing up, um, you know, showing up as the reflection on the window. So that's what made me think, you know, what if it was that same, whatever you want to call it, shadow figure, uh, you know, whatever name, you know, everybody has different names for them. Right. So, um, I'm really not too sure what it was, but like, I feel it, it creeps me out more today than it did when I was a kid, when I think about it now, you know what I mean? So that was the, uh, the first one and two encounters, uh, that I had in regards to a shadow figure. Luckily never had anything since nothing at the new house. Um, nothing weird like that, but that, that was the, the main two, main two, you know, uh, shadow figure encounters that it has a child. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you weren't scared of it then, but now it kind of makes you a little uh, uneasy. And it, do you think that's because you're a little bit more educated in these topics than you were when you were a kid? I, I think so, to be honest with you. Like, I was, my my whole, I, I, ever since I was a kid, I was always into, like, I'd say the paranormal, but because um, the TV shows that we had here in, you know, in Canada, we had this TV show. I'm not sure if it ever aired in the States. It was called Mystery Hunters. Like two teenagers going to different parts of the world and places in Canada and the States, you know, um, looking for ghosts, looking for the skunk ape down in Florida, whatever it was, you know what I mean? So I was always kind of interested in, in these topics. Uh, but the older you get, you know, the more you get educated into it and, and stuff like that. So I was, I was surprised that it never really creeped me out as a child. You know what I mean? Um, but now that I think about it, it's making me a bit iffy, um, uh, to think that I actually saw something because I've literally never had anything scary happen to me since, um, since, since then, literally, you know? So, so that's why. Yeah. That's, that's interesting, man. I've never heard of that show though. Uh, it must've just aired in Canada, but you know, I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to talk about TV shows and movies and stuff. I, it's, it's well documented that I don't know half of the movies and TV shows out there. I, I don't watch TV a whole lot unless it's an NBA basketball game. So, <laughs> which by the way, your Toronto Raptors are looking pretty darn good this year. So I don't know if you follow basketball, but if you don't, it's a good time to start. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not not too crazy about basketball. My friends are, but I've I've been keeping up with the Toronto Raptors. Seems like they're doing pretty good this year. Um, you know, all these uh, saw that they got new players and some players left. So, um, yeah, you, I wish I was still into sports like when I was a kid. You know, but uh, I guess the older you grow, the more the more responsibilities you have, and so, you know, I don't have time too much time to watch TV. You know what I mean? I literally work. I listen to your podcast. I listen to you know West from Sasquatch Chronicles podcast. Literally, that's about it. You know what I mean? When I'm at work, so. And that's the, uh, right. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's, it, it's interesting though, man. Like, uh, I, I do this podcast, but I really do think about sometimes starting a, an NBA basketball podcast because, uh, that that's, you know, I could talk basketball forever. So I've kicked it around and stuff, but maybe one of these days I'll actually drop one of those episodes. I actually recorded an episode already. Uh, maybe I'll release it one of these really? days. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, let's get back onto you, man, because, uh, what you saw was these shadow figures. Now, I don't expect your memory to be 100% accurate here, but do you ever remember thinking you might have seen like a hat on these figures, like the people talking about these hat men that everybody sees? Um, so for the hat men, I've actually heard about them. There was, there's, I'm not too sure if you've heard of this, this documentary called Nightmare on Netflix. It's really creepy. Like the way they, mm. they made it, it's about like sleep paralysis and hat men and how like there's always a specific things that people see when they have sleep paralysis you know what i mean it's either the old the, the night hag or the hat man or or something else that's that's creepy you know what i mean so it, it didn't look like it was it was like a like the hat man or anything it's like like i said it literally looked like a normal sized adult just you know fully black like there was no light through it It wasn't shadowy it wasn't smoky uh, but like i said there was no eyes there was no nose there's no mouth um that's that's what I found weird, you know. That you'd expect to see eyes or something creepy out of something like that, you know what I mean? But it was just like a completely black figure. Like I said, nobody was home that day. My parents are not the type to pull pranks on me or do pranks on their kids or anything like that. Um, so that's why 
I've always, it's always been in the back of my head and it just recently popped up when I was listening to your show in, in regards to, you know, um, I, remember, I don't remember which podcast episode it was, but someone was talking about like shadow figures and that's when, you know, it kicked into my head. I'm like, oh my God, you know, this actually happened to me and I never, and I had completely pushed it into the back of my mind since, um, since I don't remember much about it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, I, I can understand that, man. I absolutely understand that. It, it's been a long time and stuff. Do you know the history of the place you were living in now? I know you said it was an apartment building, but was there, mm-hmm. you know, was it a building that was renovated to be an apartment and might have had some kind of history to it or what? Um, I've always, I'm actually, I was thinking about actually maybe doing some research about it, but the way it was, it wasn't like an apartment complex where there was like an elevator and you had like 20 floors or something like that. It was literally like you had the bottom first part of, you know, the apartment, which was like the first floor and then you'd walk up the steps and then you had two doors. You had the door to my apartment and then you had the door to the third floor apartment, which was more steps because my neighbors lived up there. I visited them. And then up there they had their own apartment. It was literally just three floor apartment and like, uh, and like a neighborhood full of houses. You know what I mean? Uh, so I know that it was probably built somewhere in the late sixties, seventies. Um, that's really about it. We bought it off my uh, mom's cousin when we came from Lebanon, uh, when we first moved back here. Um, so that's really all I know, you know what I mean? But, um, I don't think it was built on any sacred land or anything like that or anything, but I remember hearing, um, because where it was located, um, if there was like a park, like a kid's park, literally like a block down the street. Um, and then behind there was like the woods where there was like a trail and stuff like that. And I always, my friends used to always talk about supposedly the switch. I don't know what it was. I never looked into it, but supposedly a witch that lived deep down in the woods and were always warned not to go down there. So I'm not too sure if that was true or it was not. I never really looked into it. That, that kind of creeped us all out. So we never wandered too far down into the woods. You know, we used to have like a, uh, like a trail where we used to take our BMXs and mountain bikes on. And that, that was about it. We never took too deep because we always heard about all oh, this witch living in this old house down in the middle of the woods. So, we never bought the bit, so maybe it was something that had to do with that. If it was true, um, you know, so I'm I'm not too sure to be honest with you, but it seemed like your typical neighborhood. It wasn't too old, didn't seem like there was never any any deaths there. There was never any fighting or anything. It was a very calm neighborhood with like either old people living there or just like new couples with no kids. So that's that's really what it was. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I like asking those kind of questions because you know. Uh, sometimes you hear, you know, some history of the place and all of a sudden you start drawing the connection. You're like, okay, that makes sense. Like you, you mentioned about like burial grounds or something like that. Like sometimes, you know, yeah. you hear of buildings and stuff, houses that were built on, you know, in ancient Indian burial grounds and, or, you know, yeah. it, it, it was owned by an ax murderer, you know? So it's like, Oh, okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. Now I know why you were seeing what you're seeing, <laughs> but, um, exactly. So, I mean, has anybody else ever, you know, said anything to you about seeing something or was this something that you really only feel like you saw i think to be honest with you it was it was only me um my little brother's not too into the paranormal doesn't really care about it as much as i do um i don't think i've never asked him to be honest with you if he's ever seen anything um but i should i, I should definitely ask him because he was he was always scared to sleep on his own till he was like 12 or 13 you know what i mean because of something and then whenever whenever we were forced to put him to sleep in his own bed up until he got used to it. You know what I mean? He was always curled up, um, up to his face. Like, I mean, like he put the blanket right up into his face and he'd look like an old nun. You know what I mean? Cause he was scared of something. I, we don't know what it was maybe cause I used to creep him out with stories. I'm not too sure if he saw something or, or anything like that. But I'd have to do double check and ask him to see if he's noticed anything. But, um, my mom's never noticed anything other than that story. I told you about, you know, this, you know, um, supposedly visiting her in that old apartment. Um, my dad finds it crazy that I, that I talk about these kinds of stuff, even, even though my mom actually mentioned something to me that he always sees this really ugly face up very close to him at night. And he never see, he never said anything about it. I'm like, like speak about it. He just won't speak about it. And then my mom pulled me aside. He's like, yeah, he always sees like this really ugly sort of face that nobody's ever explained to me because they don't want to bring it up. I'm not too sure why um, in his sleep. So I'm not too sure if he's having sleep paralysis. I'm not too sure if he's actually seeing something, um, that's cuts, you know, that's coming or anything like that. But like, there's never, nothing goes on in my house. Like we, we, we bought our brand new, our house was really built and we moved into it. So it wasn't built on any, it was built on an old, um, horse race track, um, that used to be in the area, but that's about it. I'm not sure if, uh, 
if, if a horse died there and a horse can, can come back and haunt you or, some, or like a jockey maybe died on that, I'm not too sure. But, you know, um, me personally, I think I was the only one that's ever experienced anything um, that had to do with the shadow figures in the old apartment. Um, you know, never had the chance to ask my parents because, like I said, they, they, they think I'm a bit crazy when I talk about this kind of stuff you know, <laughs> or Bigfoot or anything like that. But, you know. So I'm not too sure. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I was just, I was curious, but you know, you said that you were into the paranormal. Now, is that something that was spawned from your experiences or were you into the paranormal beforehand? I think, I think maybe that started it. I'm not too sure if, if they, maybe that sparked it and maybe why that continued on from there. But like I said, I think what really sparked it was that TV show. Um, uh, there was literally that TV show called Mystery Hunters, like I said, and then there's other show that's airing on some American network. I'm not too sure what it's called. Like, sorry, not airing right now, but they're re-airing it. Um, it's called Creepy Canada or something like that. I remember, you know, watching something and seeing something that happened actually not too far away somewhere, some some location here in Ottawa, like at an old fort that's like maybe an hour away from here. Um, so I literally, I would say that it was it was a TV show that kind of sparked my interest. You know what I mean? Um, in in regards to that. Um, and just, it grew on from there, you know, the older I got, the more I got into it and, you know, started learning about whatever you want to go, demonology and, uh, you know, uh, you know, ghosts and aliens and, you know, the, the usual stuff that people, I'm not saying I'm a full believer, but like, it's, it's always nice to have a skeptical point of view about things, you know what I mean? So, um, but there's a lot of things that can be explained that I don't let, you know, not everything is a hoax in this world, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, absolutely, man. I, I get it. Not everything can be a hoax. I mean, when you have so many people sharing these experiences that they've had, uh, certainly not everybody can be either lying or just totally mentally insane. So, I mean, somebody's, exactly. somebody's exactly. got to be telling the truth. You did mention it uh, just a few minutes ago about your mom. So why don't you kind of go into that, man? Because uh, you said that your mom had supposedly encountered uh, a saint. So talk to us about it. So, yeah. So basically what happened was... Um when my dad was working the late night shift overnight, because he used to, uh, you know, be a taxi driver, uh, and this was when my little baby was sorry, when my little brother was still a baby sleeping in the crib, so he was in another room. So I would just go and sleep beside my mom in the bed, right? You know what I mean? So, um, and she, I never knew about this until she told me maybe like a few months later, that, and she didn't even tell me. She mentioned it to one of my one of my aunts. And then when I heard the story, I'm, I'm, I kid you not, like, it's like you drained the blood out of me. I freaked out. I'm like, how could you not tell me that this happened while I was sleeping right beside you? So basically how she explained it was that um, she was asleep and then in through the door of her bedroom, um, she saw this this figure that was dressed as a monk. Like, you know how monks dress up like the full black robe and like the hood? Um so she basically saw that, but he was not walking. She said he was literally floating from the main door and floated all across the front bedroom and then pulled up beside her. Um, and then she, like, he basically put her hand, his hand, sorry, to her face. Not like as if he was going to slap her or, like, choke her or anything like that, but like, it was like, uh, she's like, she's, she's like, I felt I was like in a, in a meditative state, like a trance state almost, you know what I mean? Um, cause like I said, my mom's really religious and, and stuff like that. Um, so, um, so literally as soon as he got close to her, she told me, I literally smelled the smell that you smell when you go up to the monasteries and love like, there's a certain smell that you smell when you go up there. Like it's very fresh, clean air. Um, you know, there's no pollution. They don't let too many cars up there when people visit and whatnot. So she's like, I, it's, it's like as if I just got teleported back, you know, back to the homeland and, and had smelled the smell and came back. Um, and that's, that's basically, that was the first encounter she had with something, uh, that legitimate. So I'm not too sure if he did something or, or anything like that, but I have to double definitely double check and ask her. Cause like, I never really wanted to bring it up to her again. Cause it's not that she was creeped out, but like, it was like something very emotional to her. You know what I mean? But like that, you know, you know, even though it's a saying and supposed to be something good, I freaked out as a child, you know, like I was like, <laughs> imagine you're sleeping beside your mom and something comes floating into the room, pulls up to your mom beside you and just disappears. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty insane. You know? So that's something that, you know, I'm sure your mom, uh, found it as a deeply spiritual experience for her. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, I would, I think this is a good time to just kind of bleed it right in. Uh, why don't you talk about what you experienced that you called a miracle? Uh, because maybe these two things are a little bit related. Who knows? 
I, to be honest with you, I, I think they might be. Um, I do the, too. The, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the specific saint that I'm talking about actually did a miracle on some lady in Arizona not too long ago. She was completely blind, and the next thing you know, she woke up and she had vision again. And then she remembers seeing him specifically um, performing surgery. Not necessarily performing surgery, but like doing something. I'm not too sure what the story was. I'd have to look into it or maybe even send you a link about it. Um, literally, a woman in Arizona... Um, you know, uh, he's revered in Mexico and stuff like that. And, you know, all, mostly all over the world with, with Catholics specifically. Um, so basically what happened with me is that uh, as a child, um, I had epilepsy. So, you know, you have constant seizures and not necessarily constant seizures on a daily basis, but some people have daily seizures. Some people will just happen out of nowhere. Like it was to the point where I had a seizure in church one time and almost gave my great uncle a heart attack. Because he didn't know what was happening to me. You know, I just dropped and started foaming at the mouth in church. They think I was possessed or something. So um, basically, I uh, we ended up visiting one of the monasteries of these saints in Lebanon. And then there was this little church that was built underneath the monastery. And like I said, it was very, very small church. It wasn't huge, like the main church that's upstairs or anything like that. So nobody was there. Nobody was sitting there other than me. Uh, not an not like, not my mom, not my dad, because they had lost me that. Not necessarily they had lost me, but like, you know, they were looking for me around. So I just went by myself and supposedly wandered there for some strange reason. I don't remember why or anything like that. So what ended up happening was I'm just sitting there. And then, you know, um, like I said, out of nowhere, there was no, but like there was no priest, there was no monks, nobody visiting in that church. And then I'm just sitting there. And next thing you know, this this piece of candy, like wrapped candy, just hits me in the head. I'm like, what is this? It just drops. I'm like, oh, candy, right? You know, every kid likes candy, so why wouldn't I take it? And then next thing you know, I just look up and I see this bright white light, like you see in movies, like, you know, the, the gates of heaven are, are opening or something like that. Like literally like a very bright white light coming from the ceiling. And it wasn't like the light that they had because there was no lighter than the candles lighting up this church because it's a very old church underneath the actual main church. So um, basically, like I said, I saw this white light and then like three, four candies dropped and just I'm like, oh, candy. So I just started eating them. And then, you know, I ran to my mom and I told my mom, like, oh, look, there was candy. She's like, who gave it to you? I'm like, nobody gave it to me. It just fell out of the sky. She's like, what do you mean it fell from the roof? I'm like, it fell from the roof. And she's like, she, she, and she just brushed it off like nothing happened. You know, and, you know, she thinks that maybe a monk gave me candy or like one of the priests or something had given me candy or something like that. Um, so basically, when I went back to do my test um, for the epilepsy, where they put like these... Um, these sticky things so you had to measure the electricity in your brain like like they do to you know to measure specific muscle movement or something like that on your body same kind of concept um all the electricity had disappeared after i had eaten that candy so the appointment was maybe two weeks to a month later i'm not too sure i can definitely double check with my mom to see what it was um i saw i think i still even have the papers proving that there's nothing left um that there was nothing left of some sort of electricity in my brain. And ever since then, I never needed the medication that I that I used to take for it. Uh, never had a seizure, never had any complications from it. Um, and nothing, nothing, nothing at all, you know. And I'm very thankful for that, if if that was the same, or whoever, you know, caused this miracle, that, that if you want to call it that, um, uh, for that, you know what I mean? So it's uh, pretty pretty crazy story like i said wow. people call me crazy about it people laugh at me when when i mention it to my friends i'm like I'm, I'm not i'm not bsing you you know what i mean like this is this is legit like literally candy fell from the sky of this church and i just ate it and then two to three weeks later you know i go for my appointment nothing's there left and like i said same thing with my cousin she has epilepsy she's 25 she's a bit older than me and she still takes this medication till this day and her epilepsy is not gone she still has a bit of complications from it and whatnot you know so i'm very very grateful that uh that uh, that ended up happening to me you know what i mean so yeah so i mean uh you get to eat some candy some fruit snacks and you get healed that's pretty cool <laughs> exactly yeah like I said, god works in mysterious ways you know what i mean so maybe he saw that as a way of killing me by just dropping me candy instead of doing it in some other way i'm not too sure like i said it's a very high possibility but like why basically make me feel like I just, I should just walk to this, to this little church, you know what I mean? And just sit there by myself. And like, I, I recently went back to the homeland, which is Lebanon, um, this past summer. And I went and visited that church and I looked around and like, and I'm like, wow, like, I mean, I mean, it looks smaller now cause I've gotten older, but you know, I double checked, I looked up, I looked everywhere. Um, I even asked the monks around, I told them about my story, like that's, that's pretty, you know, pretty insane. You know what I mean? That, you know, 
nobody was there and nobody could have actually gone candy and thrown it at you because there was no like love, second level steps where like the choir would sit and sing you know what i mean so there was none of that like i said so there's no way for someone to just chuck candy from behind and and you know fool me into thinking that you know you know here's some candy eat it you know what i mean and not confront me by giving me candy it just literally came out of nowhere i consumed it and then you know ever since then i've never had any complications or, or any seizures or anything like that thankfully you know i find it interesting that uh you know because i miracles happen, right? And so, I mean, at least I believe miracles happen, and clearly you believe miracles happen. But, I mean, when we're talking about a supernatural power, it, what, whatever you believe, you know, whoever that supernatural power is, candies seem so far, like, that, that un, it, unnecessary, right? It, it just, it, if, if there was... Um, if there was uh, somebody that needs to be healed, it, it just, it's like, yeah. if you have the power to do that, there is no need for the consumption of the candies. I, I just wonder what the candies purpose was. Like sometimes when there's things that happen when it comes to miracles and things like that, it's like there's symbolism, you know what I mean? Like there's the, like yeah. you, you doing something is the act of faith that allowed the open door for the healing to take place. Um, but mm-hmm. you're a kid and you're just, you know, eating some candy that you thought was, that was, you know, Hey, cool candy, you know? And, but you drew the yeah. connection where, you know, from that point on the epilepsy was gone. The next time you went to the doctor, it was completely gone. Right. Completely gone. Yeah, like I said, I've never had a seizure, never experienced anything nowhere near it. Uh, like I said, the electricity was wh- whatever happens. I'm not sure how this, you know, epilepsy, I don't remember specifically how epilepsy works or anything like that. But like I said, every single thing that has to do with epilepsy or seizures was just completely gone out of me. Like it's just one day it was there, and, you know, next thing you know, it's completely gone. Literally. And it was after that, what I noticed was after that, um, after that encounter that I suppose, you know, that I had um with, with the candy but like i said I've, I've always tried to draw a connection as to why candy you know what i mean why can have you just healed me overnight of some sort of way or, or, or you know I'm, I'm not too sure i'm not too sure why it was possibly candy it's, it, it, it drives right. me crazy till this day to think about it and and make it make a connection but i literally realized like it was after that fact that i found that candy and, and i ate it that literally fell from you know the roof of this 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 rock this church that's built into a rock not even wood you know and it was like i said it wasn't a full-size church where there was like a choir uh, where they can sit and they had the organ upstairs or anything like that like i said it's like this tiny church where you have to bend down through the door and get into it and stuff like that really old church um and that's literally where it happened it was all by myself that day like i said there was nobody there to come and offer me candy um no monks, no priests no no family friend not my mom not my dad nobody you know what i mean so that's that's why that's what I find it uh, pretty crazy that uh, you know that happened to me and I got really lucky with that fortunately. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, and, and to kind of relate with you a little bit, uh, I believe that I was personally healed physically. Uh, I had mm-hmm. at one time in my life in my early twenties. I actually wasn't even twenties. I was probably like nineteen years old. I had a condition called pericarditis, which the tissue on the bottom of my heart swelled a quarter of an inch off my heart, and it it was extremely painful. And uh, it's lethal, and the pain wow. felt lethal. I mean, I, I felt like I was going to die. And they said if I, mm-hmm. you know, if I didn't take care of this, I was going to die. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of people praying for me. I was praying. And the day that I was set to go to the heart doctor, um, I felt a lot better. And when I go there, the doctor gets irritated with me because I'm in his office and there's nothing wrong with him like or nothing wrong with me. And so, like, I'm sitting there and this doctor is, like, visibly irritated that I'm wasting his time. And I'm like, sorry, dude, you know, like, but I feel I really believe that I was healed. Now, that was through prayer. But I've also heard of other people's experiences where uh, it's more of a interaction like you had, not like with candies, but like physically, there's some kind of interaction. But a lot of times, like I said, it it kind of leans towards you acting in faith to do something. And then the response is a healing. Uh, but for you, I, I don't I just don't see how, uh, you know, 
candies is is an act of faith but i would say that i know right it makes, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense for it, it, it doesn't I mean? need to it's, it's like it doesn't a, yeah it doesn't need exactly. to i mean you're a kid exactly and and the, your experience is what it, you experience there's a lot of things that i believe uh spiritually that i don't understand and don't make sense to me but i do believe them uh but you had this experience and your mom had this experience with the saint uh what are the connections there i mean you you said that you think that they're kind of related uh and and i think that there's probably a possibility that there there is a relation there uh have you ever been able to connect any dots as to the two events maybe connecting in some way well, to be honest with you, not specifically because the the candy story happened um, before we we moved to Canada. And then the the one where the saint visited my mom was was here in Canada. This was like maybe ten years ago, I'd say, like a good ten years ago. Um, like I said, when my dad was working the night shift, so like my mom had nobody to sleep. She didn't want to sleep alone, right? So I was like, okay, fine. I enjoy sleeping in a big bed, and I have all this room, so might as well. You know what I mean? So. Um, and I really think it's, it's all because of my mom because she's really, really, really religious. Um, and she's even had like, um, you know, I'm not too sure. I don't like to get too much into her with about it, but, um, you know, I think it's because of all the prayer that, that she puts out, if, if you want to call it that, that, you know, um, to the saint, you know, to, to Jesus, to God, to just, just, you know, the general the general way of, of doing things if uh, you know for for people that that believe um, in Christianity for example you know what I mean um, so I really think it's, it's because of my mom I don't think if it wasn't for all the praying that my mom did uh, when I was a kid and I was going through that um, that that would have happened to be honest with you um, because everyone was worried you know what I mean They're like oh like this basically ruins your life you can't you can't necessarily work. You can't drive. You can't do nothing. You can't go out because they're worried about you. That you just might have a seizure and drop in the middle of the road and get hit by a car. You know what I mean? So, like, I think it was all through the prayer of, of, of my family. But like I said, the whole candy story, it drives me crazy till this day to think, why candy? You know what I mean? Why was it, why was it through candy that, that it seemed that I was healed from, from, my, from, my, uh, from the issues of, of epilepsy. And, you know, it's completely gone now. Like I said, I've never had to take a single drop of medication ever since then for that. You know what I mean? Thankfully. Um, and my yeah. cousin still has to, and she's taking the exact same medication that I have since she was six years old, and she's 25 now, and she still has to take it. And they still have to go and get it from a specific place and have to go through all this nonsense to make sure she has it. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's one of the things I think... Um, that uh you know possibly are interconnected but uh yeah i think it's mostly through prayer because of my mom you know so yeah so let me ask you a question here and you don't have to answer me if you don't want to and stuff but uh, i'm curious uh what faith is your mom or um, or you depending on you know if you follow your mom's faith or not but what faith is your mom at least so basically my family and, and us basically, so yeah, we're, we're, well, it's all the same, you know, um, we're technically Eastern Catholic. So not, we don't follow necessarily like basically at my church, they don't do Latin, like your typical Roman Catholic church. It's, uh, it's an East, uh, Eastern Catholic. So it's mainly in Arabic and, uh, Aramaic. So the language that Jesus used to speak, um, in that area of Israel back in the day. Um, so it's very similar to like, there's a lot of words that sound, Arabic, because that's where the Arabic language came from. Um, so it's technically, you know, technically Catholic, but it's called, we're called Maronite. So M-A-R-O-N-I-T-E. Um, you know, uh, we've been in Lebanon for like 1600 years. Uh, and we have, you know, a few saints that have done lots of miracles. And the most famous one is that the one that I told you about, which is named, his name is Saint Charbel. Um, like I said, that lady in Arizona, um, you know, he's, and the most famous, you know, supposedly miracle that he's made was on this lady. I forgot what her name was, but I'll have to look it up for you. Um, basically what happened, she had, she had this disease, this disease that was basically killing her and the doctors couldn't find a cure. Uh, nobody could find a cure for her. And then one night on the 22nd, uh, one of these months, I'm not too sure. Maybe I can double check with my mom because she knows all of this. And, uh, what happened was that she randomly woke up in the night and there was two saints, like two, not necessarily, I'm not going to say saints, but, out of nowhere, two monks appeared out of nowhere and were told her that, you know, we're doing the surgery on you. And she just let herself go. You know what I mean? She thought that, you know, she had just woken up and doctors were there um, doing the surgery that had something to do with uh, with her throat. 
So ever since then, she's literally been healed. But the crazy part about it is that every single 22nd of every month, she bleeds from those, from those incisions where that the supposed saint, you know, did to her. Literally every single 22nd, you can go and see her, they visit her in Lebanon. Every single 22nd, they, they walk up to the monastery of, of St. Shabba, where he used to live as a monk, as a hermit, basically. Um, and then literally every 22nd, this is what drives me crazy, is that every 22nd, she literally bleeds from those cuts. And it just oozes out blood, you know what I mean? I'm not too sure if she was making this up, but like I've seen it physically with my own eyes. Uh, my family has, you know, lots of, lots of Lebanese people have, uh, she's very known in Lebanon, um, about what happened with her and the specific miracle. Um, you know what I mean? So, so that's, uh, that's, that's basically it. You know? So you, you seen that's, her uh, in person? Yeah, I, I have seen her in person. I've visited her house. Like we've, uh, okay. you know, um, my, uh, my mom has met her before and stuff like that. And that's like, that's what, that's what I don't understand. Like, why is it still oozing? You know, all these years later, every single, specifically, not the 21st and not the 23rd, but every 22nd of the month, blood comes out out of the incisions where the supposed saint did the miracle on her. And she's completely free of her disease that she had um, and, and all of that, you know, same kind of concept as, as me, you know what I mean? But her was different. It wasn't candy or anything like that, but it was literally those incisions. Um, every single 22nd of the month, they bleed. Um, so... So wow. that's, that's, what's pretty crazy about that story. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, I can definitely send you the story and you can read into yourself. I'm not saying you have to believe it or anybody has to believe it, but literally like it's, it's, it's an own story in, in my country, um, about, you know, about this specific lady that, uh, had this miracle with these saints. And that's not the only miracle he's done. He's done so much miracles that, you know, it's, there's some miracles that he's done that the, the monastery and people won't talk about because they're so big. And there's lots of canes that are left at the monastery from people that were just, you know, randomly healed from their walking problems is like i mean the last time i saw it because i know they removed them this this past visit that i went to visit um probably over a a good over 100 canes just lying there on the side of the monastery that people just you know randomly uh got healed from just going there or visiting there or or praying or for example doing something that had to do with prayer or something like that and um and this like i said just random miraculously healed as crazy as it sounds you know what i mean it's hard to believe sometimes stories like this but like no bs like i've I've witnessed it with my own eyes you know what i mean so he's very like i said very very famous saint um and in the catholic church technically now since they canonized him back in 19 in the early 70s from what i can remember you know like i said he was just a hermit that lived as a monk uh as a maronite monk in lebanon and in one of these monasteries you know um and like, imagine the life that they had to go through, right? Like that, because you know, Lebanon's in the Mediterranean, in the Mediterranean, and you know, you can literally drive up to the mountains, a snowboard and ski, and then a thirty-minute drive down to the beach, and you're on the beach. You know what I mean? All in one day. Um, so they had a really rough time living up in the mountains during the winter because they, where he slept, they still have the little piece of like it wasn't even a bed it wasn't even a mattress like it was just literally like this thing that he rolled out and he slept on and his pillow was made out of wood and that's literally what he slept on he slept on a pillow that was literally a a log of wood and it's still there you can still go and visit it and see it and i find that pretty crazy that you know someone could actually live out that life of you know um no speaking just living off the land um not letting their their parents visit him, um, sleeping on a log of wood in the middle of winter, and it's like freezing cold outside. You know, it's like it's it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy the story. The yeah. story he's uh, he's had to go through. You know what I mean? Like I said, um, it's it's uh, pretty insane. I can definitely send you some links if uh, if you want to look more into it. Even about that Arizona woman that literally happened like two years ago, which wasn't even too long ago. You know, so yeah. Um, was was his name uh, Daphne Gutierrez? Yeah, that's her exactly. So Daphne Gutierrez, yeah. Gutierrez, okay. Yeah, so she's completely cured from blindness. Yeah, an Arizona woman. Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, li- listen. Before we get out of here, I want you to c- take it just a moment here and share uh, your friend's experience with Shadow People. I know she told you uh, an experience, and she knew that you were going to be on the show. So I want you to share her Shadow Person experience that she shared with you. Yeah, sure. Um, so she basically, uh, basically like she, she works with me and we were never really close up until I had to, you know, I work at a call center. So I had to end up sitting beside her one time because there's no other seats and you just start talking and 
she's into the paranormal. Like, not necessarily into the paranormal. She's a bit of a skeptic, but, like, she's had stuff happen to her, like I said. So um, one of the things that happened was that uh, she had opened the door to go down to her basement. And, you know, if, if you're familiar with, like, old basement doors, um, you know, you can just open the door and the stairs lead right away down to the basement, like the old unfinished basement. So as she was, so she opened the door and as she was turning her head to turn the light on, she turned back and as she looked down the hallway, she saw the shadow figure and it just immediately, as soon as the, as soon as she saw it, it booked it down to the right and just disappeared into the base. She's like, Oh crap. What now? So she, she calmly walked down. She turned the lights on, calmly walked down, looked around, couldn't find anything. Um, and that was like her first encounter with that. And the other creepy encounter that she had was she actually took a picture of this and I'm trying to find it. So maybe I can send it to you, um, and have her email it to you possibly. Um, if you've ever seen a window in the, sh like in the washroom, um, you know how like there's the main glass and then in between the glass, there's like the, the net for like bugs and stuff. And then there's the other piece of glass where you can just open up the window right. and then it opens and stretches out. So, uh, Basically, what she saw was a handprint on the inside of the first class window, but not on the outside, like where she put her palm on, but like as someone had reached in through the net perfectly and like, you know, somehow magically got his full hand past the net and didn't rip it, didn't do anything and imprinted his whatever imprint of his right hand um, on the window. So she freaked out about that because she doesn't know who it is. It's only her and her sister that live in the house. Uh, the window's on the second floor, so nobody can actually reach up and break through the net. And like I said, the net was not broken. She literally has a picture of this, and you can see it's like, you know, when like something's fogged up and you just put your hand on it, and then you can see the imprints of your hand. Like when you used to do hand paintings as a kid, like you can just see the imp like a good chunk of like you know your fingers and like just a bit of your hand was missing, and you can see the rest of your of uh, of like um, your palm. Yeah. Same kind of concept, just literally on the inside of the first window, but. That's that's what drove me crazy is that the net wasn't broken. Like I said, it's on the second floor, so nobody can actually reach up and just, you know, break the net and get his hand in there. So like how did that get there? You know what I mean? It's not like it's been there for a while. She's never noticed it, um, or anything like that. So that's you know, she came back to work one day and showed us this picture and we were all freaking out at work. I'm like, How did how did this happen? How did someone's hand get past the net <laughs> and printed onto the inside of the first piece of window? You know what I mean? So like that's uh that was one of her two encounters. I know she has many more, like a, a few more that has happened to her with, you know, um, something that's, that was like a, like a basket that was sitting somewhere for like six months that was never moved from there. And next thing you know, she hears the screeching and then oh, next thing you know, it just drops out of nowhere off the shelf, you know, and she literally hadn't touched that whole basket for like a good six months and nobody moved it. And it wasn't the cat and it wasn't her sister. And she was just literally sitting there. She's like, what's that scratching noise? And she turned around and just, and the thing just dropped over as if it was like some pol pol uh, like sorry poltergeist activity or something like that. So yeah, it's, uh, pretty pretty crazy stories that she, that she's had that happened at her house. And we tried to figure out if there was something in her house that was built on something. And no, it was just like an old house that was built in the seventies. Nobody was killed there. You know, same kind of story as my old apartment building. There was nothing iffy about it or anything like that. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's what she finds weird is that where did this shadow figure that she saw in the basement appear out of you know what i mean yeah absolutely kevin well i think that you know she she probably has something going on there if things are kind of falling off edges and all that crap and you know it's not the cat it's just uh i don't know that kind of that kind of stuff is a little freaky but uh i'll tell you what it man <laughs> i i appreciate you coming on and sharing these experiences and stuff and uh you know you know how to get a hold of me if you ever have anything else you want to share Perfect. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, Tony. It was, uh, it was good to get this off my chest and have someone kind of believe me or, you know, uh, but not call me crazy about about the whole candy story and, uh, you know, the yeah. the shadow encounters that I've had in my house, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. so it's good that you do this, let people talk on here and, uh, let, you know, things get off their chest. Well, that's the goal, man. That's the goal. The goal is that people have experiences and they need to get it off their chest. And so we have this platform for people to do that. Uh, man, yeah. it was a pleasure talking to you and thank you for being on. Take care. Okay. And you thought we were done, but we're not done. Why? Because we were just talking to Kevin off air and he started sharing some experiences that he should have shared on the actual interview. So Kevin, you're back. How you doing, man? 
<laughs> not too bad. Thank you for uh, for putting me back on. Sorry, I couldn't yeah. share the story at first. I literally just clicked back. That's why. So yeah, man. So let's just get right into it, dude. Uh, you're talking about sleep paralysis. Just start from the beginning. What you experienced, because this is something that. Dude, you should have shared during the main interview. Go for it, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, so, yeah, so just one night, maybe like, you know, a good two years ago, I was just, you know, after a long day of work, you know, used to work as a uh, a car detailer. So I was, you know, we had a long day at work that day. I was pretty destroyed. Came back home, um, you know, just got into bed. I had, you know, I have a TV in my room, put on Netflix, you know, some random alien documentary, um, and then just basically knocked out to it and turn it off. I didn't, you know, sleep, you know, I'm not too creeped out by these documents. It doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? So literally as I passed out, you know, maybe probably a good 20, 30 minutes into my sleep, I abruptly get awoken into the sleep paralysis state. Like, like what people happen. And this has never happened to me before or anything like that. So I'm looking around and I see this really bright light. Like you see in your typical alien movie shining through the blinds in my room. You know, and I'm still not freaking out at this moment, but like, I'm like, what's happening? Why can't I move my arms? Why can't I talk? And, and next thing you know, out of nowhere, three beings that looked like aliens, if you want to call them, whatever, you know, grayish, some sort with some fuzzy looking faces. I couldn't really tell. They didn't look like your typical gray, gray aliens or like the aliens, you know, like in, in movies or anything like that. And then when I saw them, I started freaking out, you know, because it literally physically felt like, Two of them were pulling at my leg to try to drag me with them somewhere. And the other third one was just sitting there watching me. And I'm freaking out and freaking out and freaking out. I'm trying to break free from this from this paralysis state that I'm in. And luckily, broke out of it somehow, some way, and they just disappeared. And the light disappeared instantly. And then literally for the two nights that came along, that whole night I did not sleep. And the next night I was too terrified to sleep. So I ended up pulling an all night of the night, the night after just so I wasn't. Just go. I didn't want to experience that or anything like that again. So I'm not sure if it was uh, an abduction gone wrong. If you know, if if it was just literally my sleep paralysis. At first, I thought it was just oh, maybe because I was watching the documentary, and you know, this just happened because I, you know, my subconscious was maybe thinking about it or something like that. But you know, like like I was explaining to you, why is it that with every sleep paralysis, people see specific things like the night hag, the hat man, aliens, uh, you know. Um, uh, some some weird legged creature that just comes and sits on your chest or something like that. Who, who knows? You know what I mean. But like I said, I used to have different theories about aliens. Used to think there was extra, they were extraterrestrials. But from from the looks of it, you know, and the more I listen to people's podcasts and get into it, it seems like they're more interdimensional than they are extraterrestrial uh, beings than than anything. You know what I mean? So, like I said, yeah. sorry, I can put this on the <laughs> on the main interview because it just literally clicked back into my mind. That was like one of the scariest scariest moments like i said i've never been scared this scared when i got into a fight with someone not uh you know not seeing the shadow figures when i was a kid you know uh <laughs> running away from getting a beating from your parents none of it none of it none of it none of that literally that was like one of the most terrifying experiences i've ever had in my entire life and even though you know it's supposedly just sleep paralysis and it's just your imagination imagination taking over is it really your imagination taking over or is it something else you know what i mean that just well, I'll tell be, you what, you know, so like, Kevin, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if this is comforting to you because I, I, I would assume it's not, but I do not think that that was your imagination. I don't think that that was a dream that you were projecting. I've talked about it on the show before that I actually have done that in the past where I actually projected dreams into uh, my, where I actually thought when I opened my eyes, I was seeing something that really wasn't there. But what you experienced and what you're sharing is something that other people have shared on this show. Uh, we Just not too long ago, I think it was episode 78, it, we had Ryan coming on and sharing his uh, alien abduction experience that he had throughout his life along with missing time. And one of the stories that he shared in there was when he was making like a, a sandwich and he got extremely tired. He just went to his mom's office and collapsed on the couch and just passed out. And when he woke up, he was essentially paralyzed. He couldn't move. And there was these mm-hmm. entities walking up and down the hallway towards his bedroom. And it looked like they they were looking for him. They were these entities, uh, extraterrestrial, you want to call it greys, you want to call it demons, whatever you want to call it. It seemed like they were looking for him, but they, he wasn't where they thought he'd be. 
Because it, it was, yeah, I do remember that episode now. Right, yeah, so I do, I do remember it. Yeah. So he he shares that experience, but then way back, I want to say it was probably episode thirty, thirty one, something like that. I think I called the show um, "Bedroom Visitations." And David comes on the show, and David talks about him in his bed at night with his wife. He wakes up to having two. It's in the show intro, two great entities pulling him off his bed. Like he had that happen wow. to him. And so you, what you just what you just described was is what two other people on this show have described pieces of. I don't know if you wow. actually were dreaming this. I don't I know that this isn't yeah, it's not it's not comforting, yeah. but I, I don't know what else to tell <laughs> yeah, you other than <laughs> I, I've heard this before and people who shared this with me before shared it as in they weren't dreaming. This was a very real experience that they had where they were, they, they were paralyzed and something was trying to abduct them. Yeah, that's that's what I find that's what I found crazy, you know what I mean? Like why was it that specific night it happened? Like I've I've watched millions of you know, alien documentaries and, and slept to them and passed out and never experienced anything like that or, or, or of any sort. But why was it that, you know, that specific night that it had to happen where I just, you know, and what are the odds that, you know, how could your imagination cause a bright light right out your window to pop out of nowhere? You know what I mean? And then boom, three entities pop into the room and try to pull out your leg to take you somewhere and drag you off the bed. And like I said, I'm lucky I somehow you know, you know, broke out of it. And then, like I said, I woke up and it just everything went back to normal. They disappeared. Uh, the, the light instantly disappeared. It's not like it's faded away or anything like that. It was just, it was, it was freaky. I'm telling you, it was genuinely freaky. And like I said, I've never been that terrified in my entire life of anything that's ever happened to me. You know, imagine you experience something like that and it just freaks you out. I try to forget about it, but sometimes it just pops out of nowhere when people mention sleep paralysis and stuff like that. It just <laughs> brings back bad memories from that night and you know I think I might have experienced one more sleep paralysis after that but it was nothing like that it was a sleep paralysis but it was a genuine sleep paralysis like you were just you just woke up and you just couldn't move but I didn't see anything I didn't experience anything scary and that was really the last time that happened so what are the odds that you know just that one time my supposed imagination took over and wanted to play a trick on me and you know pop aliens into the room and a light outside the window you know what I mean so that's uh it's pretty pretty creepy to be honest with you. you know yeah. what I mean? So you know, uh, I I mean I don't know, but I'm venturing a guess that if this really did happen to you, uh, that yeah. you what you were watching before you fell asleep, maybe it attracted something. You know, like people say that when they're messing around with, uh, you know, watching a lot of like horror films or, uh, you know, they, they were doing something along the lines of experimenting with some kind of paranormal idea, then they have an experience. Yeah. I wonder if people can attract these experiences to themselves by dabbling in just, uh, you know, innocent watching of TV shows and things like that. I don't know, but I've heard people say yeah, that and, and it's like, is it a coincidence that you were watching those things and then this happens? Or is it something that was more sinister, more planned and more intentional? I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's a, that's a good way of putting it because like, like I said, I've watched many documentaries about, you know, whatever you want to call it, aliens and, and abductions and, and people stuff. And I passed out to it and like perfectly fine. I'll, you know, like I'll go watch a scary movie and it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in any way. I can sleep like a baby. Even when you watch like something like scary, like I had nightmares, like it's very, very like I've, I can probably count the times on my hand that I've had nightmares in my entire life. You know what I mean? It's always good dreams. It's always weird dreams, but it's nothing sinister where, you know, it's something like demonic, for example, or alienish or anything like that. That was genuinely the only time that I've experienced something that had to do with something sinister like that, where, you know, entities popped into your room and tried to drag you off the bed and take you somewhere, which God knows where that would have been. You know what I mean? But when I think about it, I'm like, what is the correlation now between the entities and the saints and, and God and whatever you want to call it, where does that all come into play? You know what I mean? That's what drives me the crazy the most is like, how is it all related? You know what I mean? Is there, is there correlation there? Is it good versus evil? Is, is is that actually true? You know what I mean? So like, I genuinely don't know. I really don't know. It's a question that probably will never be answered, you know? Well, it will be answered. It's just, is it going to be answered on this side of life? That's the, that's on the side question. of life. That's true. 
that's true. That's you know, very true. We, you know, people, you know, I just got a tweet today telling me that I that I have too much uh, Christian f- uh, philosophy or something like that on my show. I'm like, well, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. so you know, exactly, you get what you what what you put in, and so you exactly. know, if you don't, and I told I told the person I said if you don't like it, just go listen to another show. But exactly, uh, <laughs> that's what I was going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my point in saying that is. Uh, I believe that, you know, there is life after death and that, you know, our answers are going to be found. And so when it comes to this stuff, we on this side of life, we we all have different thoughts and opinions and beliefs. uh, But, you know, one way or another, we're going to find out even if there is no God, even if there is no God Mm -hmm. and this whole thing is made up, we'll find out because when we die and nothing happens and we wind up turning into worm food, I guess we got our answer. You know what I mean? So exactly, uh, exactly. I, I'm not really concerned about trying to prove to anybody one thing or another. We'll all get our answer sooner or later. Eventually, and, exactly. And what you experienced, man, I think um, you you might have been under attack, man. I really think you might have been under attack. But you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but it's true. It's true. It's true. You know, like what? You know, why? Why that house? You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Who knows? Yeah, it is crazy. But uh, you know, maybe one of these days you and I will reconnect on this topic and stuff. But I, I just wanted to get this uh, in the episode so that you could share with people that because I was I couldn't believe it when you started sharing this with me. I was like, dude, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you should have said this earlier. I thought, I, I, yeah, I thought maybe the 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 shadowing candle was a bit more you know, creepy. But then I realized I'm like, Oh crap, I should have talked about my sleep paralysis. Cause who knows what sleep paralysis actually is. You know what like, Cause they still don't have a proper explanation for it till the day. So, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man, uh, I do appreciate you coming on and we'll, uh, we'll finally end the recording here and, uh, end the, this episode, but I do really appreciate you coming on and sharing that experience with us. No worries. Thank you very much again for the opportunity, Tony. And, uh, if anything ever happens, I'll get back uh, in contact with you if I get any more info from, uh, from any family members, anything like that. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please go ahead and share the show with your friends. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, Snapchat, Pinterest. I don't care how you share the show, but if you enjoyed it, please share the show with your friends. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye.
Yeah? All right, well, you know what? Do you want to help Daddy? Do you want to help Daddy record? Yeah, come here. Come here. You can help me record. Okay? Let's do this. Can you say something for them? Say, say hi. 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 Good job. Say hi, hi. Hi. Say bye. Say bye. Stop touching the microphone. Say bye. What? Say hi. Hi. Yeah, you say hi, but you don't want to say bye. That's good. Oh, yeah? Don't touch Daddy's Bigfoot cast. Be careful. All right. You want to go play? Go ahead. 